Mushroom growing is without doubt the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I was very lucky because a lot of my failings, I was able to do that as a, as a hobby. But if I would made the same mistakes uh, on a commercial basis, then it, I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. This is The Producers. I'm Danny Vallant. John Ford and his team at Unearthed Mushrooms grow gourmet culinary mushrooms in Victoria's Yarra Valley, supplying restaurants and a few retailers in Melbourne, Sydney and Adelaide. John has loved mushrooms since he was a teenager and eventually turned his hobby into a business. It's been far from easy, but he's as curious and passionate about fungi as he ever was and is very happy to wear the mantle of the mushroom guy. I am John Ford. I am the, um, I guess, founder and the chief grower of Unearthed Co Mushrooms. Um, we're a guess, gourmet um, culinary and medicinal mushroom producer in the Yarra Valley, just outside of Melbourne. Um, and yeah, doing what I do because I really love mushrooms. Yeah, we've got, um, I think we're almost up to 20 different mushrooms that we uh, we have in like our, our repertoire, um, I guess. We don't grow them all at the same time, but um, really something that drives me is kind of getting new and exotic mushrooms that, uh, you know, mostly haven't been grown in Australia, whether they be mushrooms from overseas or mushrooms from our native, sort of our native um a forest and so on um but yeah that's sort of what really drives me so we kind of do some um sort of the more standard uh, uh exotic mushrooms like oyster different types of oyster mushrooms um and you know king oysters white oysters yellow oysters and and so on but we also um we do lion's mane and um, some native varieties like snowflake we've got um a new variety that just came out meataki is another overseas variety but but all up um yeah we've got about 20 and we t- tend to run about 10 or 12 uh, or about 8 to 12 uh in any one season just sort of swap them out so um for us it's all about diversity it's all about getting things that are new and and interesting and uh, yeah always on the lookout for new varieties um to be to be grown here in australia for the first time cultivating mushrooms is different from other agriculture it's complicated finicky and very detailed Unearthed Mushrooms grows mostly in shipping containers, each of them calibrated to create an environment conducive for growing a particular type of mushroom. Yeah, the farm, it's not, it's not quite, uh, you know, green fields and gambling lambs. It's not really a traditional farm in that sense. Um, I do like to try to grow kind of cl- as close to nature as I can, um, which, you know, it, when it's viable. So um, we're out in Mombok in the Yarra Valley and it's sort of where everything's out in the open air. I don't, I don't, the idea of sort of working within a sort of big factory or a facility has is, is never been of interest to me at all. So we've actually got a fleet of shipping containers. So we've got a big sort of yard um, with um, many shipping containers and within each of these containers uh, is sort of a different uh, environment, so it's basically trying to create a different um, uh, well, autumn somewhere or somewhere some autumn somewhere around the world to grow all these different types of mushrooms because um, for us to grow so many, we've we've got to grow them in different environments so we won't all grow together. Um, so yes, yeah, so we've got all these little uh, all these shipping containers all around, and um, it sort of kind of looks yeah not so much like a like a like a mushroom farm I guess. Um, and then I guess what 
we we do have we and we've always doing projects i guess so we've got a lot of outdoor mushroom grow beds we've got um sort of a log forest there as well um but uh, i guess it's it's more what's inside the rooms which is kind of the most interesting and, and sort of fascinating part of it so we're really um really dedicated to ensuring that our product is sort of 100 percent um, australian and local um, through the whole chain because it's not a simple process at all growing mushrooms and <laughs> there's a very good reason that there's not a lot of people um doing um doing it as in there's not a lot of people doing it particularly on scale um because it is complicated and it is difficult so we grow um, the mushrooms that we grow uh grow on sawdust so they um what we call saprophytic uh, or um uh, mushrooms which decomposes so they eat dead wood which is the role of mushrooms in the environment is to sort of break down woody material uh, and if we didn't have mushrooms we'd be Kind of, you know, buried in buried in sticks and leaves and stuff. So um, what we do is we kind of take that idea of of um, you know, what do we feed them? We feed them sawdust, um, and then we get that sawdust um, at our farm from uh, from the Yarra Valley. So it's um, it's it's eucalyptus um, eucalyptus sawdust. Um, we grow the mushrooms on that um, in our in our rooms, and then we send most of our product. So goes to, uh, direct to restaurants. So we'll send that all uh, mostly in Melbourne, um, but also in Sydney, uh, and also by wholesale in Adelaide. Um, occasionally uh, in other states as well, but um, most of our product goes there. There is some retail um, for us as well, um, but we really, yeah, we're really sort of trying to get sort of local local mushrooms to sort of local restaurants as, as much as possible. John started foraging mushrooms as a teenager, entranced by their mystery and unpredictability. He loved eating them and later started growing them while pursuing a completely different career in seafood. He talks us through his mushrooming journey. I guess I've always been a mushroom guy, and that's that's the thing. Whether I was growing mushrooms or not, um, you know, I was. Uh, I kind of started with foraging uh, as a teenager, sort of completely um, self-motivated. So I didn't have sort of. Um, I don't know, the Eastern European grandpa that took me out foraging. I don't have any stories like that. I just got me and me and a friend that were interested in mushrooms. And um, I think the, the, the interest for me was, you know, I love the forest, but the idea that these, these mushrooms are so kind of mysterious and would just sort of come out of nowhere, that the fleeting nature of them, you could never sort of quite predict where and when uh, they were, they were going to be there and um, even what they were. And I mean, to the point where you know we still haven't scientifically described half of Australia's mushrooms, so it's kind of, you know it's there's certainly this real mystery kind of quality about it that I really loved. Um, so I kind of started from doing that and doing my own research and identifying and, and eating mushrooms from the wild. Um, but it wasn't until I guess six or seven years ago, seven years ago, that um, I sort of grew my first mushroom. Uh, and when I found that out, I was like, well, didn't didn't even know that you could grow grow mushrooms in your backyard. Um, you know, all we knew was was button mushrooms. You know, I didn't you know knew a little bit about oysters or shiitakes. Um, and I was always drawn to it from a from a culinary kind of food perspective. So whenever there was mushrooms on the menu, I'd order it. You know, and this isn't my entire life. There's mushrooms on the menu, it gets ordered. So that's something that's always sort of drawn me is the um, is 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 the, the culinary aspect too. And what people are doing, I, I love to eat them. So um, the fact I could grow them uh, and start started basically in my backyard, and um, I'm kind of the kind of person who, if I'm going to do something, you know, I've got to do it well. And uh, so it just kind of got bigger and bigger uh, to the point where my wife was saying, you know, what are you going to do? Is this going to be a job, or is this is this just going to be this kind of all-consuming hobby? Um, so I sort of made that 
that big leap um, and sort of started a proper farm. And uh, it's definitely been the hardest thing I've ever done. It's definitely, I would never work as hard for anyone else that I've worked for myself. Um, but it's, you know, it's been a great ride. I studied um, marine science um, and I was a, a scientist at the university. So um, I did a lot of work. Um, again, with food, I guess food, food has probably been a bit of a, a bit of a thread through sort of what I've done in my careers because I was a marine scientist, but my actual love was seafood. And I guess, yeah, mush, eating mushrooms and eating seafood is yeah, two of my strong passions. Um, so I spent, um, you know, uh, well over a decade sort of working um, in the sustainable seafood space. Um, so working with a lot of fishermen um, all around sort of southern coastline all around Australia really um, and sort of uh, trying to sort of explain to some extent and promote um, sustainability um, around the seafood that we eat and so I guess one of the things that I really enjoyed um, in that job was was working with fishermen about being on boats and and a lot of these fishermen um, particularly the old ones had a lot of a lot of pride in what they were doing they were producing this these this really high quality Australian um, you know, food products um, in the fish, and it was going to some pretty nice restaurants, and people were people were appreciating what they were doing, and they, there was a sense of satisfaction there. And um, it's I don't know. In my experience as a scientist, there's, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of feedback, and there's not a lot of sense of satisfaction. So I was still like, ah, oh, we really liked to see that feeling that they've got, and and um, that's sort of kind of where they kind of intersected. Where I was growing mushrooms as a hobby at the time, um, the sustainable seafood thing was, ah, uh, you know, people want to talk about it, but Really, it's a hard thing to to kind of you know have have money around or find jobs around. So I just sort of just sort of just generally um, sort of moved over into you know that sort of shrunk and then and then the mushrooms grew and people wanted them and I was going to chefs and I was they were saying wow this is this is a great product and um, I was like okay I can I can do this this is a this is a great um, uh, you know this is a great part of, part of the job and you know here I am now running a farm with you know seven seven employees so there you go. <laughs> Mushroom foraging is a very particular pastime and John had no one to talk him through the niceties. What could go wrong? As it turns out, plenty. Yes. Well, yeah, I've got some good ones and bad ones around that, um, <laughs> around my first experience of foraging. Um, I remember going to, yeah, doing that to a friend's farm and um, just picking a lot of a lot of uh, slippery jacks, which um, people will be familiar with. And like nowadays, I'm a kind of a, 10% in the mushroom mix for slippery jacks. You know, they've got this certain kind of texture. Um, they've got that really jelly slipperiness to them. But back then, I think I probably got about, you know, five or 10 kilos of them because they were there. And I was, yeah, and I brought them back home and I cooked them into a curry. Um, curried slippery jacks sounds crazy. But anyway, I think I was like 16 at the time. But, um, and I didn't, and I, I really loved it. And I was really determined to eat those, um, those mushrooms. And the, the other thing about slippery jacks is that they, um, they, because of the sliminess or something, they, they, they do tend to react uh, in your body a bit if you eat too much of it. And that's kind of exactly what happened when I was sort of, after five days, I'd eat nothing but slippery jack curry and uh, I was a very sick individual. So I still, I still remember that to, be, to kind of curb my excesses of, uh, <laughs> of foraging and you don't need to pick, you know, 10 kilos at a time just because it's there and, and you, don't, you don't have to cook it up and eat it over the following day. So it's been more of appreciation there of uh you know of of you take what you need and um you respect that product a bit more so that was a good one but 
look, a lot of I um I had some foraging. Uh, my, my probably my best foraging experiences was in Germany when I was eighteen, uh, and that sort of really opened my eyes in terms of what what foraging um, could look like. You know, foraging for porcini, for for chanterelles, and you know, just like wow, these really high quality mushrooms. Um, and really being in, in forests that, um, you know, are, are truly beautiful. And that was, that was something that, you know, I probably rem- have the fondest memories of. Um, yeah, unfortunately, neither of those <laughs> mushrooms are uh, very common here in Australia. But, um, yeah, but over there it was, it was quite special. And just sort of learning from older people. And that's something I didn't have when, uh, when, I, was a, when I was a child. My, my, my family wasn't interested in mushrooms, so it was all very much self-directed. Um, and you know, looking at books, and there was no internet or anything back then. Well, not really. It's probably bulletin boards or whatever they're called. But it was, um, yeah, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't so easy to get get knowledge. So it was very much having to go out there and get it myself. So being taught by you know people over in Germany um, who had been doing it and their families had been doing it for so many generations, um, it, it really instilled a, a real strong sense of confidence. Uh, in me to be able to come back and, um, yeah, and forage for mushrooms. Mushrooms are finicky creatures and they're not always conducive to being grown in captivity. John shares why he's a fan of fungi failure. Mushroom growing is without doubt the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I was very lucky because a lot of my failings, a lot of my uh, learning, I guess, um, I was able to do that as a, as a hobby. Um, but if I had made the same mistakes uh, in those first sort of two years uh, on a commercial basis, then it, it, I, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this, right? So it's, um, and that's sort of one of those <laughs> people that think that mushrooms are going to, you know, mushrooms are the future. I'm just going to start up a mushroom farm. And, and the first advice I give is just look, give yourself at least 12 months of growing it as a hobby. And, you know, that's where you need to, because there's no handbook. There's, I mean, there's never been a handbook for me. And if anyone tries to write a handbook, it just, it, it, most of it is actually not relevant. Um, every one of our grow rooms, we have, yeah, they're all bespoke. They're all totally grown. They were totally, um, totally built and designed by us for the mushrooms that we're, we're after. I mean, there's no off the shelf. Um, yeah, there's no off, off the shelf instructions. So, we are learning and failing still constantly, and I think that is healthy. We've just got it to a point where it's, you know, it's not, it's it, <laughs> that we've made the minor enough that, um, or we've, we've covered the risk enough um, to, you know, to, to make sure that we don't sort of go to business. But, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a different kind. It's a very controlled way of growing uh, food. And unless you have spent a lot of time in technology, uh, or money with spend a lot of money and time investing in technology, which is what happens in places like China, in Korea, in Taiwan, where we get a lot of the very cheap um, mushrooms imported from, like enoki uh, and the king oysters and so on. Um, they've got a lot of money invested in um, in, in those in, in the technology, and so really try to control it. Um, and, and they also their farms only ever produce one type of mushroom. But when you're trying to do what I'm doing and growing a whole heap of different types of mushrooms and trying to be more organic about the way we do it, trying to be the more intuitive and um, in connection with them, it's it's you know it's a constant learning and it's a constant um, adapting. So um, yeah, it's 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 a hard one. Um, it, it, it's it's one of the one of the something that I'm I don't know sure whether I'm proud of, but um, I've done a bit of consulting onto people who wanted to become mushroom farmers. 
and unfortunately, no one I've ever consulted to has ever started a mushroom farm. So I don't know. I don't want to be too negative around it, but it is a really tough thing to do. Uh, and there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of failing to be had. <laughs> so we know it's challenging to grow mushrooms, but why exactly is that? John explains why it's counterintuitive for mushrooms to grow in shipping containers. You're you're taking something which comes out of a very complex ecosystem and you're trying to grow it as a monoculture. And so straight up, it's something that really, you know, you're taking things from the forest, right, which has got, you know, scores of species, different species um, around it, whether they be be fungi, whether they be plants, whether they be bacteria, whether they be everything. And you've got all different tiny microclimates within that. You've got different areas of, um, you know, different areas of of temperature, different areas of of moisture um, within this, like, you know, a forest is such an amazingly complex um, ecosystem, both biologically and sort of physically. Um, and we try to take that and we try to take one species out of that and you're trying to take and you're trying to just grow that. Um, now, if you take something like a, an orange tree or a, or a, or a wheat plant, um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of we're still growing those out in nature. But the only way to grow a mushroom in nature is to have a forest. You can't just grow it in a field. And so when you're, when you're trying to take these things and it's sort of, okay, we're trying to simplify it. And so what happens is that, the way we do it is instead of trying to keep it really um, biodiverse and really kind of complex, we're trying to keep the ecosystem. We're actually trying to simplify it down to the only thing that we're growing is this mushroom, which is totally against, you know, where the way it should be. And so we have a lot of problems with mushroom farming with, um, with kind of keeping things reasonably sterile. So you need to keep all the molds, all the bacteria, all those things out of what you're doing because they're going to compete for food with your, with your mushrooms. And so it's actually kind of very high. Um, you've got to be very clean and very sterile in a lot of the process. And so when you're, so we have to bake up this, well, we put in autoclave, we basically pressure cook um, this, uh, the, the sawdust and so on, everything that we feed them. And then when we add the mushroom um, sort of spawn in there, which is the, you know, the sort of seed of the mushroom, then we, that all needs to be extremely clean and we can't let any competitors in there. So it's in that way is a very sort of controlled and technical sort of part of it. And then you've actually moved to the growing of the mushroom. And then each of these mushrooms require very specific and different um, different conditions. And they tend to use, you know, different temperatures and different humidities over their life cycle as well. And so having to work with those and know them all and also having nothing break down, you know, I mean, let's be honest, a lot of the problems that come to is that it's so finely controlled. If we have a humidifier that breaks down for an hour and we don't notice it on a hot day, we could lose thousands of dollars in crops. So it's just because they just dry out and die because they never, they're never exposed to that because they're meant to be in a forest. <laughs> they're meant to be protected by the diversity of the forest itself, but we're just sort of exposing them. And therefore, if anything goes wrong, it really goes wrong. Loving mushrooms is one thing. Growing them is another. But seeing your own mushrooms on a menu, that is unforgettable. Very first time I ate my mushrooms in uh, in sort of cafe. Um, so I this was out in sort of this is Fernetry Gully. So this is sort of in the far eastern suburbs of, of Melbourne. A uh, little cafe called Chosen Bean. I, I knew the chef there, and, and uh, she was buying the mushrooms off me. And I've still got it on my wall. I'm actually looking at it right now. Is the the framed menu with John's mushrooms written on it? Um, you know, and this is 2016 or 2015. So, so a while back anyway. And so just you know, and that was a yeah, simple kind of um, you know mushroom 
mushroom mushroom dish with some I think you know feta you know some <laughs> some feta with it or something like that. But just that that idea of it actually being um, you know that you know it's actually on on the menu and you know they're doing amazing things with it as well. It tasted great. Don't get me wrong. Um, but you know that that was that was pretty amazing. But um, so that that first experience. Um, but like oh god, so many so many great meals. I mean part of what <laughs> part of what I really enjoy about what I'm doing is that I, I get to go and and eat. Um, you know, what I've grown and what some really amazing um, people, um, chefs have done, have done with the mushrooms. Um, so uh, well, let me think about a good one. Uh, I remember going to, uh, yeah, my first mushroom parfait um, was was really, really special. That was out at Tarawara Winery out in the uh, Yarra Valley that was done by Mark Ebbles. And that was, that was just exceptional how we can sort of mix these mushrooms together and create this, um, you know, create something that doesn't you know you can't recognize or see the mushrooms at all and um, that mushroom puppet was was um was absolutely excellent um so that's been a that's been a really good one um more recently i've really enjoyed eating my mushrooms at um uh, at saray um and uh, certainly uh, shane and um uh ross so shane and ross there to do amazing things over the fire because just hitting that with the like hitting mushrooms just with fire, you know, and just, just really, because I mean, the mushrooms that I grow are very, you know, they're very, very fresh. So you can put, you can throw them in, in with high heat and they just hold all that moisture in them. And they're not like the ones you get from the supermarket, which is you hit them with high heat and they just, you know, basically break down and the water just, you know, <laughs> just bubbles out of them. There, You can hit these, these mushrooms with heat and they really hold it in. And um, that kind of that treating by fire really, really valued that as well. Um, but there's been, oh, look, there's been so many experiences um, that, uh, yeah, and that's something that I do really enjoy. With dozens of mushrooms in his farming repertoire, it's hard to pick one that stands out. Can John pick a favourite? The Mayataki mushroom is um, one that we've kind of just released in the last um, two weeks, um, which is really exciting because it is one that is grown overseas and it's sort of, it comes sort of from uh, from all sort of temperate North um, North America and through Asia and so on. Um, and it's kind of highly, highly prized, particularly in Japan. Um, and as, uh, as of sort of six months ago, uh, it was sort of banned in Australia for um, import sort of biosecurity reasons. And um, basically most mushrooms are banned from import in Australia. So it's, uh, yeah, we, we're always very restricted in what we've been able to grow. Um, and the reason for that is obviously biosecurity. You don't want these things coming in as pests. So basically uh, before... Well, still, still holds that every every mushroom is banned from coming into Australia, apart from a very small list, and they're the only ones we can import into Australia. And I think that list was probably made up in the eighties or the nineties, you know, with whatever people wanted <laughs> was in, were importing at the time. So anything that sort of has become more popular or is a little bit sort of more obscure wasn't available to be grown, um, and we we couldn't we couldn't bring it into the country. So um, that changed with the addition of a number of different species um, late last year, which was awesome. Um, and yeah. I've, I'm not sure why that happened. I'm still slightly suspicious about why that happened, but uh, I'm very, very grateful for it. But um, but one of them was Mayataki. Uh, Mayataki and the True Lion's Mane was brought on as well um, and and a few others. And so some of the more sort of commercial, commercially um, available species in, uh, in, other, uh, in other countries. So that was really nice. And uh, so it does take a long time to grow and it's notoriously a very difficult mushroom to grow the Mayataki. So it probably takes between three, around three, four months to grow. 
um, for the crop cycle. So this is kind of our first crop cycle. So within that six-month period since it was allowed in Australia, we have managed to get a culture from overseas, get it permits, get it imported. Um, then we had to sort of test it and grow it. And this is the first sort of fruits of our fruits of our labor, I guess. Um, so it's, you know, it's pretty quick turnaround, six-month turnaround. But um, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So we've got some... Um, uh, yeah, the Mayataki, um at the moment. I'm not totally sure where it's. So it's gone to some, some uh, gone to quite a few restaurants um, around the moment. Uh, we've, I think, we sent some off this week. Sent them off to Society. We, we had some at Vudemont the last week. It's gone over to the Botanic Botanic in Adelaide. We've had a lot of people asking for it. Um, uh, yeah, so it's still it's all been it's been around, and we've yeah, it's uh, uh, pretty exciting to be bringing sort of a, a mushroom in for for the for the first time. It may have been grown earlier. I'm not entirely sure. People might have longer memories and say, "Oh, I used to get that back in the in the early '90s or late '80s when they didn't have um, uh, you know such import controls as they do now." But uh, but in my in my knowledge, it's not something I've ever seen or anyone I've talked to has has had in Australia. The journey so far has been pretty exciting and satisfying, but what's on John's horizon? He shares his hopes and dreams for a fab fungi future. I think um, from a culinary point of view, like I think we're, we've, we've sort of at a really good, really good spot at the moment. Um, I'm not sort of looking to say to take it to sort of a, a factory or facility scale. So I'm not looking um, I'm not looking to sort of, you know, become you know, a huge grower of, of, of mushrooms. That's not really what I'm in it for. As I say, I'm, I really enjoy working direct with restaurants and, um, and, uh, and you know, working yeah, yeah, direct rather than sort of working with retailers or, or anything like that. And I don't know if the time's quite right now for some of these mushrooms to be in, um, in supermarkets and so on, given that the majority of mushrooms are, are very cheap and most of them are imported. So we can't really compete from a culinary point of view, in terms of expanding into uh, into sort of retail, um, to, into into the retail side, just that the price point, just we, we just can't afford to do it in this country. So the uh, so yeah, so where we uh, have been expanding, I want to obviously keep continue to working with with chefs and with restaurants and sort of build big, better bigger relationships um, and so deeper relationships there, and particularly around pre planning, like you know trying to get you know onto um, you know, in terms of seasonal seasonal menu planning and so on, so we we can grow a bit more specifically for for restaurants, which which we do a lot of. But um, it's sort of that would be something that I'd, I'd really like to to work with a lot more. Um, but in terms of expansion, I think that the own the way that we're place that we're looking to expand is more into the medicinal mushroom market, and certainly that is something that has grown uh, a, a lot over the last few years. Um, and mushrooms like lion's mane. Like reishi, turkey tail, uh, even maitake, cordyceps, and so on—they're very highly sought after. People are using them for their well, for their own well-being and and um, and health um, as sort of supplements or or um, therapy and t- potentially, potentially, although it hasn't been sort of given any stamps of approval, but um, potentially looking at so how we can how we can uh, investigate their therapeutic benefits in the future too, so we can sort of sell them more on that scale. So that's sort of where we're, we're putting a lot of our focus. We're really excited about growing cordyceps, uh, which is which is a medicinal mushroom, but I've had a few chefs pretty interested in it as well. Um, so, yeah, having having that sort of, uh, yeah, that sort of side of the business, I think, is um, is where sort of we're looking next. Also, um, also because it's it's new, new and interesting mushrooms and I want to, I want to. I want to work with them. I want to find out how they, you know, how, whether we can 
get them to uh, get them to grow and and how that can work work for us. So yeah, that's probably where where we're looking uh, at in the future. Mushrooms are anything but boring. John has been fascinated by them for decades and doesn't see his obsession ebbing anytime soon. What is it that he loves about mushrooms? What's so special about mushrooms? Coming back to that sort of idea of nature, of that idea of that they are sort of so secretive and so mysterious and so fleeting. I love that. And that it makes them it makes them elusive and it makes it difficult. And maybe this plays into why it's hard to grow mushrooms, you know, but um, it's sort of that that I love about it. They're not just they're not just and at the moment, it's not just everywhere. You know, you can't just, it's not easy to do this. So it's, um, I love that idea that it's a, it's, it's, a, it's kind of like an, yeah, a really kind of um, elusive and, and then special and special thing, a lot of these mushrooms. Um, but um, I, and I love eating them. I mean, I think I've mentioned that before, but I, I do actually really, really enjoy eating my, my own mushrooms. And the fact that we have this entire like kingdom of life where, you know, historically, at least in this country, we've eaten like one type of, like one species of it, you know. So, you know, the field mushrooms, the portobellos, the buttons, the creminis, whatever, they're all the same species. So it's like everything is, you know, we've just grown them in slightly different ways and, uh, and we keep selling them as new products. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, we've got this entire kingdom. This is like totally un, untouched, you know, we're not untouched, but, you know, obviously in, in different areas, you know, different places around the world, they have much more, um, you know, much deeper relationship, uh, um, a wider relationship with different species of fungi and sort of bringing that to Australia is pretty, is pretty exciting, um, I reckon. But, yeah, I don't know. I've always just always liked mushrooms. <laughs> um, they've made me understand. They made me believe. Oh no, it's, it's belief. I guess I don't know. It's 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 just amazing and kind of awe awe striking when I sort of look back and go something that I has really been through my life. Like you know, if you talk to someone in my teens, if you talk to someone that knew me in my twenties uh, or in my thirties, I mean. I'm 40s, 40s now, but um, then they would say, "Yeah, John, he's been the mushroom guy, right? So he's he he's got this thing with he's got this thing about mushrooms. You know, I never it was never a um, you know it was never a job, it was never a thing. It was just she was just into mushrooms, and to know that that is now a job, and that that's now you know that's not something that that sort of forms a very core part of my my life." um is yeah it's really it's yeah it's really heartening i guess to know that um say the journey's not not easy um but yeah that's a really kind of yeah life-affirming kind of thing um that to to feel that like that's always been my thing i just want to grow really beautiful mushrooms i want to you know beautiful in form and beautiful in flavor and texture and just to be able to really just just appreciate that the you know the, the, the beauty of nature and how we've been able to um to just harness that little bit of it and uh, and to be able to offer that to people and so coming to the farm i you know i'm really i'm really happy to see the mushrooms i'm really glad to see like what we've been able to achieve um as a team and that's really you know that's that's that, that's really really amazing and that everyone's there with me so i think you know uh, the mushroom the mushrooms are obviously incredibly important because they're they're what's sort of the the passion and what started it but i think as a business grows um for me at least it's become more about how you work as a team it's and that's necessary that's necessity you know i'm not sitting there as the overlord and these are my mushrooms and you know go work it, it, it's you know we work we have to work with a with a living breathing organism here and so we all have to be in tune with it and um it's something that, that we share we can't we can't switch off in that way and um yeah it's great to have have everyone um working to that 
um, yeah, and working working to that, and just to see the mushrooms as they go out, and just to feel you know reasonably proud of you know some of the restaurants they're going to, and what people are going to be doing with them, and it's yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, yeah, I do, I do, I do enjoy it. It's uh, yeah, it's the hardest job I've ever had, but it's also the most enjoyable. Australia has come a long way from the days of nothing but button mushrooms. John Ford and his team at Unearthed Mushrooms work hard to grow beautiful mushrooms that chefs and diners appreciate for their appearance, flavour and, importantly, their connection with the mysteries of nature. This is The Producers, a Deep in the Weeds production. I'm Danny Vallant. Stay tuned as we talk to some of Australia's best farmers, makers and growers. Follow us on Instagram at Producers Podcast or contact us via deepintheweeds.com.au.